You don't want iDVD. You 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 want the DVD. You want the Steve's Photos disc. Right? That should mount. You know what that means, right? Mount. Yeah, I know. Of course, I know what mount. But that should mount. Jeans, 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 panties, 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 panties t-shirts. Right on this little drying rack in the corner. No good deed goes unpunished. Hey, welcome to the bitterest pill. It's Dan Classman in my garage. Under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Welcome to the recording. Uh, yeah. I've been sitting in here playing with my equipment. I got a new piece of equipment. Always a pressure. Always a couple of knobs. This is a very, it's a very pared down little thing that I am trying out, basically. It actually has very few knobs. It's really basically like one or two knobs. You stick the microphone in the back and you talk into the, right? You do your thing. And so you wouldn't think there'd be that much monkeying around. And yet, of course, you know, okay. How have you been? Really good. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. I'm, f- I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm My usual, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, not sure what we're going to talk about. As soon as we're done, I have to run and get the kids. I have to drive my daughter to dance. You know how this whole thing goes. Because basically I spent, you know, 12 years in elementary school and high school and then four years in college getting a couple of undergraduate degrees. Uh, after that, you know, working, gathering work experience, leaving a couple of different career opportunities behind, going to acting school, studying acting for a while, learning how to really emotionally uh, manipulate myself beyond repair. And now I'm a cab driver. I'm a cab driver slash dishwasher slash uh, uh, my wrists. The long way. So that's what I got to do in a couple of minutes. As I'm, re- as I'm saying these words, it's 2.55. It took me, st- right? So I should have started this an hour ago. So I have to leave here. It's 2.55. And I really should leave here, hmm, probably at 3.20. So I'm going to have to talk fast. Does that make sense? Does it? Okay. So I heard uh, recently from uh, one of the listeners named Harold. And Harold uh, said something like, hey, Dan, uh, you know, I, I last I heard you had kind of stopped doing the show. And, uh, you know, and then you started back up and you didn't let me know. And why didn't you let me know? And I, I would love to have known and I didn't know. And why didn't you let me know? And I wrote him back and I said, uh, uh, you know, I, I let you know. The way I'll let you know that there's a new show is that I record a new show and I make it available. That That's kind of my method of communicating with you, typically. That's why I have this microphone and the thing that I plug it into that goes into my computer. And I, right, make these sounds in my garage. And I record them and I put them on the internet. But Harold was feeling a little... Um, you know, he's, he was behind on episodes, and apparently that happens. This isn't exactly time-sensitive, so I know you fall behind. I know, you fall behind. I know, I know the drill. I do the same thing with the, some of the podcasts that I listen to. I'll take a break. I'll let a few build up, and then I'll go on some kind of binge. So I get it. So Harold was a, a bit dismayed. that, um, And I said, well, listen, Harold, uh, you know, sorry. 
Uh, I put out shows. That's what I do. I upload, you know, the information's on thebitterspill.com, the information's on Facebook. And he said, well, you know, uh, I don't really use Facebook that much. And, and, and I keep finding there's a new trend. The inevitable trend right now is to take a, a leave of Facebook. And I get it. I, and in fact, even my shrink, my shrink, Dr. Uh, a, I really need a better name for you than Dr. A. I really got to work on this. Uh, I'll think of something much better later. But remember, I said my shrinkage is, well, she's back. But what happened is she took a, a Facebook sabbatical. Now, I was worried that she got hacked or was on the lamb from the law. You know, I don't know where she got her degree. Uh, Columbia University, Columbia, the, I have no idea. Maybe she was on the lamb. Well, it turns out she's one of these people. And I think my, my buddy J.C. Hutchins, you know, author extraordinaire J.C. Hutchins, sci-fi, fantasy, um, transmedia guru, whatever. J, I think J.C. also is taking right now some kind of Facebook sabbatical. This sounds like a great idea. And I guess what you do is you stop using Facebook. But I'm afraid to stop using Facebook because then who would send me pictures of kitties? Funny with captions like angry looking kitties <laughs> with a little thing that's like, I'm so angry and I'm a cat, you know, like just things like that or, you know, how to feel about the Oscars, all that. Like I would just be untethered. I wouldn't know what to think. I would have to be alone with my own thoughts and who needs that? So, yeah, JC and Dr. I don't know. I really got to work on that. I'm feeling too much pressure, Doc. Anyway, they're, they're taking Facebook sabbaticals, and Harold is kind of, like, not committed to this Facebook thing. So I'm flirting with the idea of taking a face. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. It's, that, that is not going to happen. But what I think, though, is... um, do I have Do I have to start an email list? Is that too... Uh, in 1999 to have a mailing list, an email thing. But the truth is, I get, you know, I'm apparently, who knew, signed up for a bunch of email lists and I enjoy getting them. You know, I get those emails from, you know, Andy Borowitz. Do you know who he is? He's a guy, he's funny. He's like a one-man daily show. You can sign up. He's now with The New Yorker, but before that he was doing this. He, uh, you know, just writes fake news stories, funny takes on the real news. And then you can sign up for an email like that. I don't right. So maybe that's what you need. I don't know. Do you not check Facebook? I mean, how? And that's the thing with Facebook. If I post something at uh, 1 p.m. And then you're looking at your Facebook thing at 1 a.m., you're not going to see what I tell. Right. You're not. You're going to miss it. This is a very bad form of communication that we are getting into, my friend. It's not working. So I'm thinking of putting together now when I would find time to send you email I have no idea. But maybe when there's a new show, I could send you an email. Would that help you at all? Would that, if that's, if that's advantageous to you, I'm going to get it set up. That's all I'm saying. Nice to hear from you, by the way, Harold. And RZ, did I say hi to you at all? The other week? I've missed you, baby. So, I hope this thing is working. Wouldn't it be awesome if this wasn't working, my new equipment thing? It would make, what if it's just creating the illusion that it's working 
and it's not working. I just, I know it must be working because I really hear myself well and, and Mike's pool cleaning vacuum system. I can hear that too. So I'm definitely going to have to put some kind of voodoo on this recording. So you, can you hear that? Now, I made the mistake. Did I say Mike? That's his real name. You know my wacky neighbor, Steve, that lives next door? That's, that's not his real name. So my wacky neighbor, <laughs> my wacky, uh, you know what I mean. So my, there's this guy that lives next door to me that I call my wacky neighbor, Steve. Basically, it's like, it really is like a sitcom. I have a, a I mean, he's harmless. My wife isn't so convinced that he's harmless. Now, what happens is, I, you know, I live here and work here. So he, in a way, is kind of like my coworker. You know, you have coworkers that you're kind of, you wouldn't invite them over, but you have to deal with them because they're your coworker. Well, Wacky Steve next door is kind of my coworker because I live here. I'm, I'm a shut-in. I might as well, I might as well be under house arrest. If you were in the law, law enforcement. And you have maybe a list that you could send me of, of crimes that I could commit that would just get me house arrest. I might as well honestly commit these crimes because what would change in my life other than I might get the excitement of committing these crimes? Do you, do you see what I mean? If I'm going to end up being here all the time doing dishes and laundry anyway, wearing a foot ankle thing is not really going to deter my life in any way. I'm sure the judge would say, well, yes, Mr. Class, you can drive the five miles to and from your kid's stupid school to the grocery store. You just can't go beyond a certain... I mean, isn't that how that works? I just want to know if there's a if, like some larceny or kind of fun misdemeanors that I could be kind of getting involved with. A little, it might give me something to do. It's just what I'm thinking. But because I'm so bored with my life, my you know, I mean, it really, we, the, the most exciting thing in my life, and this is a sad commentary, before this piece of equipment, and we'll see, again, how this is working, the most exciting thing that's happened recently, my wife ordered a drying rack, like a clothes rack. Now, we used to have a, we have a, a tiny... On the way out of our backyard, out of out the back of our house, there's a tiny room. And I guess it's the laundry room. It, it has the washer and dryer on one wall, and there's a window there. And on the other wall is, you know, the closet where there's the vacuum cleaner and the toilet paper and the napkins and the paper towels and the cleaning products and the, you know, too many plastic bags, you know, that you get from the store because you didn't bring your reusable bags. You're still bringing the plastic ones, even though you're going to go to hell and you're going to ruin the environment. You know, those bags, the, the, the bags you're not supposed to be using. If you're thinking sentient being right. And then the door to the back bathroom. Well, in there between the dryer, I guess, and then the back wall of the house tucked in that corner was a little drying rack. And that little, you know, and I'm not allowed to dry anybody's clothes anymore. I mean, really, 90% of our laundry does not go in the dryer. Now, we might as well just throw the dryer out and in its place, that big area that we would free up, have some sort of huge drying rack. But instead, we had a small drying rack in the corner. And on this drying rack, I hang bras and pant like girl panties, wife panties, 
and now it's gotten to my son's t-shirts and jeans. When you can't put jeans in the dryer, something's gone horribly wrong. I mean, I know we're trying to save money by not shrinking everybody's clothes, but this is my time worth nothing. I would gladly spend the extra $100 a year to buy my son an extra cycle of jeans than never put them in the dryer because it all takes time. So because this has been an evolution, right? We didn't, my wife and I just didn't one day go, by the way, from now on, nothing goes in the dryer. It's been a little thing where like, at first it was just her underwear, my wife, my wife's underwear, her little black, right? VS, Victoria's Secret, undie pants, right? They wouldn't go in the dryer. And she has her own set of hand wash. Don't get me wrong. She has all her little delicate thingies that she washes and those don't go in the dryer. And then, then her, Little black panties started getting in the normal, my normal wash, the big wash, the wash. Okay, so those couldn't go in the dryer. Then my daughter's little underpanties, they can't, now they can't because they're shrinking too fast. So they can't go in the dryer. And then suddenly the jeans got involved and then his t-shirts, now her t-shirts, anything. Now it's literally, it's my clothes go in the dryer because I'm, I don't, I, right? I can't hang everything up. So this little drying rack in the back uh, would get f- filled very quickly, if you, if you can imagine. And it was one of those, it's exactly like the one that we used to have at our karate school where we'd hang the little r- rags out in the back to dry. And it was maybe, you know, like three levels with little stainless steel slats to hang a few things. But my wife was getting bugged because she would come home and the living room was full of hanging clothes because... You can't hang jeans, 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 panties, 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 t-shirts right on this little drying rack in the corner. So I would hang them from the doorways, from the molding above all every door. The doors going into the hallway, the doors going into the bathroom, doors our bedroom, the kids' bedroom, all the doors, the doorway, everything, everything, the cabinets in the hallway covered, everything's got hangers on it. And she would come home and complain. And I would say, but baby, nothing's right in the dryer. So one weekend, she got it in her head and she kept saying, we should buy a bigger drying rack, like a clothes rack or something. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to help, honey. We just got to. Because I wanted to get a big, like a wardrobe rack. I don't know when you would have seen one of these. I see them when I work. Because they bring all the clothes out on these big wheelie racks. You know, like a big stainless steel rack. It's kind of like those industrial shelving units that you see in a kitchen. Like in a restaurant. But it's the the clothing, hang up your clothing version of that. See, I wanted one of those. I'd wheel it around. I'd wheel it into the living room. I'd put the TV on. I'd watch Pulp Fiction. I'd hang up her underpants. I would, Right? It'd be fine. But Melissa, you know, being smarter than me, she said, well, yeah, but where are we going to keep it? And I said, I don't, I have no idea. I don't, I really don't know. It couldn't, having this drying rack somewhere floating aimlessly around the house couldn't be any worse than having clothing hanging from every door, door jam, door frame, cabinet door, front door, back door. And I know many people have said, I know you're thinking, Dan, why don't you just hang the stuff outside? You live in Southern California. Odds are good it's sunny, which it is. Why can't you just hang the stuff outside? And I'll tell you why, because it really is actually a very good idea. Part of it is because 
My grandmothers used to do that. And my father worked very hard to earn enough money to get us out of that kind of working class, hang your stuff in the backyard level. Right? So we're, we, my dad made enough money to own a washer and a dryer. So to me, owning a washer and a dryer is a convenience, but it's also a, a sign of family progress. And until I can convince myself that it's some sort of environmental thing, I can't stand out there like a poor washwoman, excuse the sexist bent to that statement, but you understand? Like with a kerchief around my neck and clothes pegs. I mean, are you really? I can't, I can't do that. But I think given enough time, I could. I could convince myself that for the environment and the savings of money because of the savings of electricity and yada, yada, blah, 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 I could actually do that. But I can't do that because, and this is true, this is not Dan rationalizing. As you know, we live under the fly path of Los Angeles International Airport. Now, the planes don't fly overhead, literally. But in all seriousness, from my backyard, you can look over our back wall and watch the planes land. All of the planes that land on what I guess the north runway of Los Angeles International, they, we can, they're right there. Which means there's a lot of, I, don't, I assume it's jet fuel in the air. I hate to think what our lungs look like. Uh, it's disgusting. But I assume that your picnic table or your outdoor chairs or whatever, whatever furniture and stuff, whatever you have in your backyard is not covered in black stuff. But our furniture, all, our, all that stuff, it's just, it turns to this weird, ashy, sticky black that I just assume is some sort of oily petroleum discharge from the hundreds and hundreds of planes that are landing essentially a mile from my home. And so I can't bring myself to put the, and I, trust me, my wife wouldn't let me, take our clothes out there after they've been washed and hang them in that air. It's, it's just not a good idea. It's not, it's not happening. So again, my wife gets it in her head. She's going to get some kind of new drying rack for that corner, that tiny little back corner. And, I, and it's, it's probably three by two, this area that we have. So she buys it and it comes, and I got to tell you something, it's been, dare I say, orgasmic, because there's, it were, it just, it were, it's just tall enough where I can hang jeans on it and they can hang down. And her dresses, I know this is horrible, it's horrible that my life has come to this, trust me, but I'm, I, I need to find pleasure in the tiny things, the two foot by three foot things. The stainless, faux stainless steel slightly wheeled. So the jeans and the dresses go in the back and then all the shirts and little undergrundies, they go in the front. Undergrundies. And, and it, it all works out fine. So what I do, I take my laptop, I prop it up on the recycle bin. I put on Netflix, I listen to 30 Rock while I sort laundry. That's my life. And then I do more dishes. Now, oh, this was actually a tangent. So, so that's my, so, so life is boring. 
So life is boring. And so my my neighbor, my who, who am I really? I mean, listen, I'm he's not a bad guy. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just don't want to get sucked up into Steve mind. Because he always has some wacky thing that he thinks he's going to do to make money or he is got some theory that he needs to. I just it's right again. If it's a sitcom, it's kind of funny. The wacky neighbor comes over. Everybody laughs and applause. Right. It's a whole thing. But in real life, you just don't have the time for the way. So my wacky neighbor, Steve, who apparently now is a real estate agent. Now, when I first met him, he had been a stand up comedian slash writer director, and then he was a day trader. And then he sold self inking uh, rubber stamps. And then he sold. um, What do you call it? Like uh, custom embroidered T-shirts and polo shirts, you know, uh, you know, merchandise for your company or whatever. And then uh, something else. And uh, now it's real estate. And all the real estate guys, uh, you know, they have their picture on their business card in case you forget who they are. So he's, I forget if he sent me, I think he sent me an email and he sent me an email and, and said, can you take my picture? Can you take my picture for my business card? Now, I, I don't know what, See, I have a camera. I bought a camera. I have a normal kind of digital SLR camera, which I use. I'm kind of very beginner on it. I can take okay pictures every once in a while if everything in the world can just stop for a second and let me get ready. I take okay-ish pictures. But I don't know if he even knows that. Like, I don't even know. I think he's just he knows that he has my email address and I'm close, you know physically and hey I need a new picture for my business card I'll ask Dan I instead of going to a guy that actually takes pictures I'll ask Dan because it'll be another it'll be a great excuse for us to uh, talk he won't be trying to avoid me he'll take my picture and then we'll talk and hang out and then I can tell him uh, about my next scheme to sell the house or rent it out because because he's selling real estate but also what he's doing is he's putting up exchange students next door he has a couple of spare rooms obviously because he's over there by himself and uh, he has foreign exchange students I guess come and they pay him rent and he stays there they stay there for two weeks or two or a month or whatever so he's got a Japanese guy over there now and I guess some guy from Hungary who wants to be a writer director and so they're over there but so he asked me to take his picture and I'm so bored I say yes because I think it'll be a good way, right? It's an excuse to use the camera. Kind of make me feel less guilty that I bought it, even though I can really barely use it. It has so many buttons. And you got to learn ISO and shutter speed and shutter size and f-stop and all, uh, uh, right? It's too much. But I get it in my head that I'm, it'll break up the monotony of uh, doing nothing. So I go over there and take his picture. And it's kind of fun, I got to admit, you know. And so we take it, uh, you know, near his garage and we take it in the way back. We take it over to the side near his pool and we take it some in the front yard. And he's smiling in some and he's trying to be serious in some. And uh, 
you know, I run out of time because that's really how anything ends in my life as I just run out of the right. It's time to go. It's time for the next thing. Hurry. I say that as I check the time. So I say to him, so listen, Steve, wacky Steve, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take these pictures and I'm going to put them on a disc and I'm going to drop it off at your house. And then you can, you've got all the pictures, it's full res, big pictures. You have every single one. Now, a bunch of them are going to be crappy. But out of this mass, I bet you're, right? There's going to be some good ones. We're going to be fine. So I do that. I take all the pictures and I put them on a DVD and I write his name on there. Steve. And I put it in a little sleeve for Steve and I drop it off at his house the next day or something, the next morning. And then he calls me later that day and he says he can't open the disc. And so I call him and I say, uh, what are you talking about? And he says, well, I put put in the disc. You know, never overestimate people when it comes to any kind of technology. I put in the disc and then a thing starts and I think it's iDVD and it asks me if I want to start a new project. What do I say? And I'm like, say no. What do you mean do you? You're trying to look at a disc with pictures on it. Why would you start an iDVD project? What are you talking about? So I'm I'm talking to a child. Well, now, Steve, is there an icon on your desktop that kind of looks like a DVD? Well, yeah, there's one in my dock. Well, what's it look like? Is it blue? Yes, it's blue. Okay, that's probably it. Does it say Steve underneath it? Steve's photos? No, it says iDVD. No, that's the... the <laughs> That's the application for the app. That's the thing with the, that's iDVD, man. You don't want iDVD. You, you, you want the DVD. You want the Steve's photos disc that I gave you. That should, right? That should mount. You know what that means, right? Mount. Yeah, I know. Of course I know what mount. But that should mount. I, the disc that says Steve's photo that should mount, you should be able to double. Do you see it? Can you double? I don't see it. Well, can you look? Do you know where it should be? Like, open up a folder and look down the left, and at the bottom there should be a little picture of a tiny DVD, and it should say Steve underscore photos, and you should be able to click on that, and then it opens, and you can look at all the pretty pictures. So we go on and on, but we go, it's, it's crazy, and he can't figure it out. He doesn't know what's going on, so I get pissed. I'm like, I got to just cut, cut this off, man. Shut her down. So I say, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make you a new disc. I'm sure it's my, right? I'm sure it's some problem on my end. Maybe I didn't make the disc right. So, right, because I made the mistake of, because I was bored when I was doing it. Again, bored. Um, I wanted to put a picture on, as the background when you open up the disc and it didn't seem to work. So maybe I screwed up the disc. It's fine. Maybe I screwed up the disc. So I'm going to make you a new Steve's photo disc. And I'm going to drop it off at your place tomorrow. And I'm sure this one will work. It'll be so fantastic. So I do that. So I make another disc. I don't put a background on it or a color or anything. I do name it Steve's underscore photo again. I Granted, I did do that. And then he calls me the next day. Yeah, I'm putting it in and it's finally, it's taking a while. And then it comes up and it asks me if I want to make a new project. So should I make a new project? <laughs> yeah, make a new project, Dillweed. Yeah, do that. That sounds like a great idea. What kind, what project are you working on, Steve? Yeah, start a new project. That'd be fantastic. Do it. 
do it. So we have the same exact conversation again that that day. You put it in. Do you see a little icon? Yes, I do. It's blue. Does it say Steve's photos? No, it says IDVD. Isn't there another one that says Steve's photos? Steve's underscore photos? Something you could double click on? You know, when it mounts, you know, like a normal disc? No. So I, I just like, I'm coming over. I've got five minutes. So I go over there. And the Japanese dude and the Hungarian dude, they've just arrived. I don't think the Japanese dude even speaks in English. I tried to make a joke and it just it was sort of like, you know, nothing. So Steve puts the disc in his laptop and it's a MacBook Pro, but I think it's a MacBook Pro from the 90s. And I can hear the disc slowly spinning up. But... It doesn't appear on the desktop. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to mount. It just sort of launches iDVD because he's got his thing set up where if you put in a blank disc, a blank DVD, it launches iDVD. So for some reason, his bull crap machine isn't understanding that it's burnt even though when I rewrite, I checked it. I give up. I tell, I just, I'm like, okay, I'll think of another way to get these to you. I can't be in this house anymore. I have to get back to my life. It's time to be, I got, I got to go. So I go home. I pull out a bunch of the photos that I think are okay. I shrink them because now I, right, because each one is six megabytes or whatever. I got to shrink each one and I got to put the thing and I zip them up and I email them to like, here, Steve. Here's a zip of a folder. Because, see, I keep thinking that I'm in the 21st century. I keep thinking it's 2013. Here's a zip of a folder, uh, the thing. You know, tell me which one you want to use for your big business card, and I'll send you the real one, but you can't send these to the printer because they're small. (laughs) No good deed goes unpunished. Damn. A couple hours later, he writes me back. I can't open this on my phone. Yeah. That's that's right. Have you ever opened? Seriously, are you just doing this so we have conversations? Is this just some weird tactic? Melissa was right for you and I to engage in conversation. Is that really all this is? Do you even need a new business card? Or is this just another reason to knock on my door? Call me on my phone. Send me emails. Is that what's happening? You can't open... Who can open a zip file on their phone? Open it on your stupid prehistoric steampunk laptop. So, of course, because no good indeed... No good indeed goes pun... What? You know what I'm trying to say. He sends me an email. Well, you know, I like this one and this one and this one and this one. But this one, my hair's a little funky. And this one, I'm a little too dark. And this one, I'm a little too light. So let's retake them all in the same spots. You know, in my, in my backyard. We'll, t- we'll re-photograph. E- we'll try to recreate each one, but just do it better. You know, I give up. I love, I love, I love being bored. I love folding my nine-year-old's underpanties. I love hanging jeans and t-shirts 
while I listen to 30 Rock and not getting it. I love 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 it. I will not complain ever again. I will not answer my phone or the door. I will not return an email. I re- Really? We're going to reshoot them? You really are? You're, not, you're trying to kill me? Please, I'm going to just put in another load of laundry. That's it for this episode of The Bitterest Pill. I, I have no idea how... I think it's a short one. But uh, I really got to go get my kids. We'll see how this one sounds. See what kind of magic I have to do with it. Maybe it's the laptop. Is the laptop... That loud? I don't know. Something's very... Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not... It, you don't need to hear that. I know. Um... Yeah, because we really just kind of scratched the surface. Last night, I went to a professional, I think, I mean, is it considered a professional basketball game? I didn't. I did not go to a Lakers game. No, we live in Los Angeles, so we have the Lakers. That's our team. I did not go to a Lakers game, but I did go to a Defenders game. And the Defenders are the Lakers minor league team. And the reason I went is because my daughter, the lovely uh, T danced during halftime with her dance company. So we're going to talk about that next time. But this time we've run out of time. I'd rather put out more short shows than no shows and then a long show and then... Do you understand? Okay, anyway, listen. Thank you very much. Don't agree to take anyone's picture unless you're getting paid. That's why, right? If I I was making $700 like a normal headshot photographer, this might be one thing, but this is just... I don't need a... I don't need a... like a internship with... Steve, you know what I mean. With Steve next door. I don't need an internship with Steve. I don't. I need to... I I think I've snapped. I think this... I think he's putting me on the edge. Oh. Your time is up. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...